When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Roadshow Wednesday down here at Rosie's downtown, just a stone's throw from PBA, getting ready for Nebraska and Ohio State. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman has made his entrance as we're here till six. Tip off at six. So your advisement is it's okay to brave the weather. It's okay to make your way downtown. It's okay to find a meter spot. It's okay to order a beer and get a great burger, some wings. Find something you're going to love from the menu at Rosie's. 10th and P, where we're located. We're excited to be here on stage here at Rosie's. Elijah Herbal uh, is chained back at the uh, studios on 3800 Cornhusker Highway. But, uh, hey. Uh, we are happy to be out. It was not bad getting down here. I know it's been one of those days weather-wise, but uh, big ball game tonight. We will talk Dylan Riola. We will talk rebuild with Nebraska football. Uh, we will spend time with Mike Babcock. He will join us here in the stream. Uh, Bill Dolman going to check in uh, throughout uh, a big part of the show. That is good news. Uh, Evan Bland from the World Herald going to join us on Nebraska football. And then Coach Jeff Smith, longtime Nebraska assistant, will break down uh, some Nebraska-Ohio State thoughts tonight. Also been a pretty busy and big week of college basketball. They're still partying in the Little Apple. Behind me, uh, you have a couple of black shirt flags flanked you can watch the show and stream us on different platforms hail varsity's youtube channel espn lincoln facebook and twitter and of course the hail varsity radio twitter handle at h varsity radio is where you can watch the show uh connect give us some input if you so choose catch uh, damon benning andrew rogers every weekday morning as well seven to nine uh with hail varsity radio Behind me is Old Glory, the American flag. Elijah, I feel a little bit like I'm doing a Better Call Saul commercial here with uh, this uh, this backdrop. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. We're centrally located. You want to play bags, Rosie's has you taken care of. You want to play beer pong, I challenge you, Bill Dolan. That can happen as well, but well, I thought, I'm sitting here thinking that you're uh, you're about to s- start doing the soliloquy from the uh, the start of the movie Patton. That's what I thought. Is that American flag <laughs> yeah, behind you? <laughs> I'm going to walk in and, and start calling everyone the the B word. No, I, I will not <laughs> reenact uh, George C. Scott's speech in Patton. It did win an Academy Award in 1970. But Patton, no, I I get that. But no, I will confess to something by six o'clock tonight. 
Numbers to get in today here on Hale Varsity at 466-3776-4663776-800-825-5865. And can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. We can bring in Bill Dolman. If he's like, uh, are you going to eat? Yeah, I will turn you up and I will turn you on. Uh, Bill Dolman's off to the the side. Uh, Squeeze it a little bit. Here he comes. There he is. we, we will get a confession out of you by 6 p.m. <laughs> as, as well. But, uh, hey, thanks for coming down, man. Well, it's great out. You know, the weather's terrific. Uh, no traffic. No. There is no traffic in downtown Lincoln right now. So uh, I'm impre- I've am i not been in Rosie's before. This is a really a nice place, and I'm impressed with uh, some of the folks who have also made their way. And uh, parking meter did not work, so hopefully I'm okay there, too. Yep, and uh, we, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I, owe, I owe a ticket. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting out, but you can brave down. Fred and the guys need you tonight. It is a big-time ball game, Elijah, Bill. Uh, we'll get to some football in a moment, but Ohio State right now, they are leaning on the ropes. They've lost four in a row. They've had their heart ripped out. Stop me if you've heard this before in some last possession ball games. Uh, this on the hardwood, though. And uh, despite their talent level, despite the uh, the freshman phenom, uh, Ohio State very gettable tonight. Nebraska is, well, undermanned. Uh, Juwan Gary's been so key for them all year. He's out for an extended period of time. Uh, we'll hear from Fred Hoiberg in a little bit, but the good news is all signs point to Sam Greasel going tonight. But Nebraska's offer against Ohio State at PBA, Owen, Owen their last five, but the Buckeyes got ranked, and they haven't won since January 1st uh, against Northwestern, who's been really pretty good in the Big Ten this year. But they have been oh so close uh, multiple times but Nebraska needs to find a way tonight uh, the other part of this too is you have a, a, a loss by Ohio State at Rutgers preceding that they lost at home to Minnesota so uh, again Ohio State's punch drunk right now uh, it's really kind of do or die what what fork in the road do you take if you're Nebraska basketball still time clearly but it's imperative that, that Nebraska needs to, to bounce back. Illinois did not go well their last home game uh, for the Big Red. And uh, then things got uh, a little bit ugly. They fought hard in the first half, couldn't hang against Purdue in the second half. Here's the thing about this Nebraska team that perplexes me and I guess has perplexed, to me, perplexed me for several seasons now. And maybe it's a strength for this team going into tonight. Ohio State uh, needs to find its way, Right. They thought they had a lot of momentum going into the new year. And as you mentioned, then they lose to Northwestern. It's like, well, what happened there? And they've not been able to get back on the right track. Unfortunately or fortunately, I think Nebraska is used to that. How are they going to find their way? How are they going to come back after a disappointing performance? And then they do. And they will, you know, you know, beat up on a, a team like Creighton or they're almost knockoff Purdue. They didn't play all that terrible at Purdue the fir- at Purdue the first half. And that game got away from them. Similar with Illinois, but, you know, Nebraska's that team that just seems to be like, well, that didn't go very well. I guess we just got to go to plan B, C, D, or E 
and not everybody else has a plan B or C. So uh, I, I just find it perplexing that sometimes Nebraska's waywardness, <laughs> maybe it's a strength, I don't know. Consistency of inconsistency may be a strength where other teams can't find their way out of it. Well, the, the thing is with Husker basketball this season is that you can't afford to be inconsistent with how, how slim your margins are if you want to go play postseason. I'm not talking NCAA tournament, I think, with what we've seen from this Husker basketball team. We know they're not an NCAA tournament team, but to go sneak your way into the NIT, you, your margin for error is very small. You can't go drop games that are, are winnable, especially at home against a team that's been reeling like Ohio State. This is a great opportunity to get one against a team that I don't think a lot of people would have chalked this one up as a W before the season started, but now you get here, it's January, you have a, a good shot against them. I think you match up well, and it's, simply put, it's gettable, and if you're not getting your gettable games, your margins are not big enough for you to be uh, talking about postseason play. If you have dreams of, of changing what this Husker basketball program is and getting at least into something in the postseason, getting yourself a decent seed in the Big Ten tournament, uh, getting yourself into the NIT at the end of the season, these games like the games tonight are the games you need to get. But, but haven't we been saying that for a long time? Nebraska's margins for error are so slim if they're going to do A, if they're going to do B, if they're going to get into, it, it just seems like we see this every single season. But at the same time, Nebraska is that team, remember at the end of last year, nobody wanted to play Nebraska last year. They kind of got hot and they had a couple of wins on the road and beat some teams that were going to the NCAA tournament. And, and But for different reasons, that team could put some points on the board. This team on the other side of it is, can be rugged defensively. I mean, look what they did to Iowa. What was that, like 25 or 30 points below their season scoring average? They're averaging like 80 or something, and they score 50? Everybody knows night in and night out in the Big Ten that, yeah, we can beat them, but it might be tough, and we don't know. Maybe there's going to be that one game where Nebraska, you know, springs 86 on you, or they hold you to 56. It's it's just such an enigma. Big-time enigma because of the – Lack of consistency offensively. They just don't hit shots from downtown. Yeah. Uh, you're not getting – we've talked till we're blue in the face about complimentary football as a defense, the offense, special teams all going to play well. Nebraska's lineup and even bench, the, the one consistent you've had, at least against Purdue, is Tomanaga, right? He's come in and, and had good performances. You need a big game tonight from C.J. Wiltshire. You've seen Breidenbach – continue to elevate give you seven to ten points in battle on the glass but tonight's a big night for Wiltshire he has been struggling uh, he is too talented from from that three-point line or the catch and shoot artist he is or at least was advertised to be he's got to come out and, and play ball and then don't get lost defensively either Ohio State murders people on the glass they're so good defensively and offensively and from a standpoint of, of efficiency it's, uh, it's been really pretty good. Now, Ohio State's close but no cigar all season. Uh, right there with North Carolina, their one big win this year, aside from Northwestern, has been uh, Texas Tech when Tech was ranked and, and not reeling. But they've been swept by Rutgers. They've been right there uh, a couple of different times in action, uh, right there against Duke. So they played a good schedule. Uh, they were 
probably an eight or nine seed a couple of weeks ago, but they're also on the outside looking in. Do they get things figured out? Mike Babcock is in the green room from Hale Varsity. We're here at Rosie's. 10th and P ahead of Nebraska and Ohio State. We invite you down, get a beer, get a shot, get a burger, uh, stay warm. Uh, again, uh, tread lightly uh, with uh, your footing, but it's it's nice and taken care of here outside of Rosie's. Uh, downtown, we invite you. Guys, we're going to talk football for a minute, and we'll get back to basketball a little bit later in the show. And a uh, pretty interesting interview. We're going we're gonna to hold Bill Dolman right here, Elijah. Dylan Riola in recruiting. <laughs> I knew we were going down that path. Uh, but Dylan Riola, pretty good uh, sit down uh, with the, the national folks from on three. And he opened up a little bit as to, to what went down with Ohio State. And that was more of him kind of getting caught up in the moment and, and rushing his decision. He was acting on emotion and he's ready to, to step back, take his time, and assess the situation. He is so big on, well, relationship, connection, and, and right now he's, he's made visits to USC. Uh, he, he is the five-star quarterback in the, in the class of 2024. He's been to Georgia. He's been to Ohio State. He's been to Oregon. He's been to Lincoln. Uh, clearly, he's been to Lincoln. And, and right now, what kind of coaching connection can he develop not only with Nebraska, uh, clearly with, with with Uncle Donnie, but with Matt Rule and Elijah Bill. What's what's standing out here in this story is not only the the open book Dylan is showing, but the fact that Matt Rule was the first coach in this recruiting cycle to get down and see him. The Buffs have been by, Georgia's been by, OU's been by, Michigan's been by. But Matt Rule was the first head coach to stop there. There's the family connection, clearly. But Nebraska will be in the in the thick of this this running because of, of of Uncle Donnie. But Nebraska's not taking the inclusion in this group for granted. Clearly, an apples and oranges here on field versus off field with those previous programs I mentioned. And Nebraska also the first to visit him twice thus far in this recruiting cycle, which it's been six days, five days since the uh, <laughs> since the window well, I'm opened Coach up. Rule, I'm down in Arizona too <laughs> right now. <laughs> Matt Rule is there, and now uh, the reports are out that Marcus Satterfield is down there as well, visiting him today. So Nebraska, a quick fire too. And one quote really stood out to me from that story from uh, Chad Simmons and on three. That's. Uh, a quote from Dylan just about why Nebraska is in the running. He said, Nebraska is Nebraska. My dad went there, so Nebraska is family to my family. It's a program with a lot of history. A lot of great players have played there in Nebraska. will always be special to my family. That's the quote from Dylan Riolo. Just of, this isn't lip service. This isn't him saying, you know what, my dad wants me to give Nebraska their due, so I'll let Coach Rule come down and talk to me. I'll go visit him just to keep my dad happy. There's genuine interest there just based on what Nebraska has always been to his family and, and the, the special place that Nebraska holds in the, the, the collective hearts of the Riola family. So it's not like this is some situation where he's given Nebraska the time of day. You know what? I'm going to hear what they have to say, and then uh, I'm going to go to Georgia. I don't think it's that way at all. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Nebraska is the leader. I think we may be a little early in that right now. But Nebraska is very much in the running in this recruiting, which is, I mean, what we've heard from a lot of people. Uh, but with how hard Rule's going to push this, it comes down to building the relationship because I think Dylan likes Nebraska for Nebraska for what they are but it comes down to building that relationship with the staff and seeing yourself fit in within the program. And, and the program uh, is less the, the tradition, history of Nebraska and more what Matt Rule is building. If Dylan can see himself fitting in, 
I mean, I, I can see how crazy is this the number one player in the country coming to Nebraska. I don't think that's crazy to think should Matt Rule do a good job recruiting and building that relationship. Agree with that. Uh, Nebraska will stay on it. Uh, family to my family's uh, is a money quote. Now, the reality of this situation, too, is what, what does Dylan Riola want to be? Does he want to be kind of the, the, the lightning strike as Matt Rule rebuilds Nebraska? Is he part of that accelerate, accelerated rebuild? A lot of the portal kids this year, on top of what they develop here the next two years, is going to turn out to be important. We'll get into accelerating the rebuild a little bit. Good story from Mitch Sherman. We'll talk with the rebuild with Mike Babcock here coming up. But uh, that is a monster piece, Bill. Uh, if you get the, the right pieces in, you, you allow some of your, your linemen to develop, and then you get that stud quarterback who can, if he's ready, come in and do things. Easier said than done, or at least learn and then launch. We'll get more into Dylan Riola, Nebraska football. We're down here at Rosie's 10th and P. Hale Varsity Roadshow Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Roadshow Wednesday in front of Nebraska, Ohio State, down here at Rosie's. Tent and P in front of Nebraska, Ohio State, earlier tip time, which means you are thirsty now. You are hungry now. We invite you down to Rosie's. Bill Dolman riding shotgun. Poor Elijah Herbal. Uh, he is back at the studio. Schmitty, uh, looking y- like you're on South Park. It's okay. Well, no, I'm just like, it's crazy. Your, your Jedi mind tricks have worked because just like that, I am now thirsty and I am now hungry and I do, in fact, want a beer. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how that works. You say it and it's true. <laughs> well, uh, Mike Babcock, Babbers, can I bring you a burger from, from Rosie's? Mike Babcock with us from HailVarsity.com uh, and Magazine. Babbers, you need a burger? Yeah, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get Babbers a burger, and and uh, we'll also reenact the Tim Brewster call to arms <laughs> here with uh, with Mike Babcock. <laughs> We're going to pop out of our chair up and down, left and right, yes sir, no sir, and maybe even uh, provide a code red. What do you think of that, fellas? Who, who uh, you know, I, I know. Deion Sanders is a show all to his own, but who knew that he was bringing the clown show with him? <laughs> Careful uttering clown. I mean, Sideshow side Brew was, uh, that was, that was really, really odd. That was just a really strange, and that they, and that was released by Colorado, right? Yeah. So, to, so for them to think that this is going to be great, you know, there was, mixed reviews about Dion's pack your bags if you don't want to be here deal or everybody's coming so have your luggage ready that was odd in its own way but it was oh that's Dion not a lot of people know Tim Brewster but they do now and being in Minnesota and being run out of a bunch of other jobs that was just a really odd video to release 
Wasn't good, Mike, was it? Uh, I don't know that you connect with 18 to 22-year-olds that way, uh, unlike, uh, say, Coach Rule and uh, and staff finding their way down to Arizona to get uh, some face time with Dylan Riola. Yeah, I like the way uh, Coach Rule is approaching things a little bit better uh, in his assistance. And, I, you know, I probably mentioned this before, but the, the thing that really impressed me from the from the news conference with Barthel was when he was talking about guys he had coached at running backs he had coached at Connecticut and he choked up and he couldn't complete the sentence. He had to take a break um, because he was talking about guys that he had coached last season. That kind of relationship, being able to build that kind of relationship is what recruiting is all about. And I think that's, I think that's reflective of, of Rule and his staff. Um, the kind of uh, uh, coaches that he's brought in. Uh, that's their approach is building relationships with players that goes beyond the football field, which was obviously what was the, in, the, in this case. So for me, that's, that's the way you go about it. Now, whether um, it all, what happens next season, his first season uh, also plays into this, I think, you know, because you, you, you can talk about it. And right now we're in the, in that period of time where it's great optimism, you know, it can be as good as your imagination makes it right now. Um, but uh, when they start playing games, then what happens? And and what what do you see from this team uh, initially? And it, it's not going to be easy the first season um, because you're making that transition and you're kind of trying to develop guys and get guys to fit into your system. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that affects uh, recruiting going forward. Guys, I'm I'm anxious to see how Nebraska can can bridge what needs to be developed with winning now or being competitive now. Because with, with every change, there's been some guys thrust. Riley played a lot of young kids. Nick Gates. Uh, Hymas, to, to name a couple of guys that came in and played as freshmen or even redshirt freshmen uh, on on the offensive line, both guys at tackle. You fast forward to Frost, and in in the 2020 season, even uh, 2018's line wasn't wasn't bad because you had some guys, but 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 2020, uh, 2019, I should say, you had Corcoran make his first career start end of the year. But still, uh, he's really never been able to settle down. Let's spend a moment here, go uh, around the horn. Uh, Babbers and, and then Bill and Elijah, H- how do you feel about accelerating this, this rebuild? Because to your point, Mike, it does kind of set the table for uh, not only the, the Dylan Raiola sweepstakes, but just uh, h- how quickly or slowly you get out of the gate. Well... Uh, first of all, you should have Bill speak first, and then I can just agree with him, and we can move on to Elijah. Um, I was planning on doing the same uh, thing. Elijah, the floor is yours, <laughs> Andy. No, I think I think that it's at the point where you, you have to speed it up in the sense that you need some immediate success, and however you define that, I you know I, I'm not saying you have to win nine or ten games and and. Uh, uh, compete for the Big Ten uh, championship or whatever, but you know you gotta you gotta have a winning season. You gotta qualify for a bowl game. 
that should be you should be able to do that in your first season if the if the talent is there um and, and i think that we feel like it is you know we've seen how many close games nebraska has lost in the last couple of seasons how competitive it is it's been but never gotten over that hump so if you come in with that as a background and you're bringing in guys that you feel good about and and you know, there's no question that, that they're doing a, uh, a good job of recruiting, I think, um, from the standpoint of uh, Coach Rule said that uh, at, at the news conference, introductory news conference, it, it wasn't so important the number of stars. It was whether they fit into the, into the system or they had the, the ability to fit into the system as he wanted it. And I think he even said at one point they could be no stars. But if they fit in there um, and you have an opportunity to, to develop those players, um, you, have, you have some success. And that's immediate. And that, again, how you define immediate uh, success is, is probably a little bit different than some people are looking at it. But, but I feel like they have the ability to do that. You know, the thing that I think that is advantageous to to Matt Rule and his staff are the players who are coming back. A lot of times when you have a coaching transition and you go from, you know, a, a down season, uh, although Nebraska did finish on an up note with, of course, the win over Iowa, uh, but you did not have a lot of people fleeing the program, players fleeing the program. Scott Frost is gone. Mickey Joseph is gone. I'm out of here. I'm going someplace else. Yes, Garrett Nelson is leaving for the greener pastures in the NFL. That's going to be a big loss, but he's not leaving on bad, bitter terms. That right. I'm out of here. I'm going someplace else. Um, you know, Feast leaving is probably a, a detriment to the defense, but it doesn't seem like there's acrimony there. Uh, Trey Palmer. And everybody knows Trey Palmer should go to the NFL right now. So Nebraska, in, in the wake of a coaching transition, two of them actually, in one year and a season in which you don't go to a bowl game does not have this huge roster turnover. And like I said, not a lot of acrimony in that. You do have Casey Thompson probably coming back reasonably healthy. Okay? He's got some time. He's an experienced guy. You've got some good receivers around Palmer that are going to come back. You've got some pluses coming back on the offensive line that guys will be uh, eligible guys will probably be healthy. The offensive line should be a little stronger. So, in terms of what Matt Rule has to work with and experience in playing at Nebraska, being within the Nebraska system, and I mean, you know, university, being in Lincoln, playing at Memorial Stadium, there are a lot of pluses that would indicate this should this team, as Mike said, should have a winning record. Mm-hmm. It should be in a bowl game. There's not acrimony. If everything is feeling really good right now going into the spring, and who knows what additions might be made now and might be made after the spring. The entire defensive line last year was rebuilt after spring ball. So uh, I, I think that there are a lot of positives for Matt Rule to have a very good first season. Elijah, it just feels like it, it, could, it could hit, and man, uh, even, if, if, even if you get to seven, dare I say eight, it'd feel even bigger and better. Uh, and then you can feel good about what's been proven, and that's development. You can win now and then season, my friend, for the future. So it, it's not this, this gap that exists, and, and you're, you're yo-yoing uh, with uh, a good season 
and then a, a tough season. You don't want to turn into Michigan State, I guess, with the, the portal lottery. Well, let's let's look around at what some other schools in the Big Ten under first-year head coaches, and I'm talking coaches that I think have found success and found their footing in the Big Ten. The, the two I look at in the past decade that have really – you know, found their footing quickly and built something are P.J. Fleck at Minnesota and Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Now, Harbaugh at Michigan's his own thing because of the 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 what should I say the uh, the what history of Michigan within the Big Ten, what they are, the, the recruiting base that they have. And you look at Harbaugh. Harbaugh stepped into a program that finished the year at five and seven and turned the round went nine and three in the regular season. His first year at Michigan. And when you look at what Nebraska was last year, I don't think that Nebraska team had all that much less talent than that Michigan team of 2014. Now, Harbaugh was able to, to bring in some of his guys, and he was able to hit on some recruits quickly, and I think that's a question. Uh, another question for Rule is how much needs to be uh, torn down before he can build up at Nebraska in terms of what's already here. Are you going to start playing some of your younger guys and getting them ready for, for future years, or are you going to play some of the experienced guys that, that are here? That, that's a question in my mind, but... I don't think it's unreasonable to think that you can have the kind of success that that Harbaugh had in year one. Uh, maybe not nine and three, but seven and five, eight and four isn't too out of the question. You compare that to to Minnesota. I mean, Fleck had a lot of tearing down he had to do. He inherited a, a football program that I believe went eight and four the year before he came in. The Andy Andy flipped that. I mean, that roster. I mean, he gutted, man. Yeah, he, he gutted. Yeah, that's what I'm he saying. He, he tore it. Over. He tore it down. In his first year, he was five and seven, and then seven and five. And then he has that uh, eleven and one season. So look at Minnesota. I don't think there's as much tearing down required at a place like Nebraska. And if you have some continuity, if you're able to to fill some holes with some transfer portal guys, which we've seen Matt Rule do, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that a seven and five or eight and four season is out of the question. Which will start that that path of you improving and getting better year by year, which is what we've seen with Harbaugh at Michigan, where it's been a slow process, but every single year you've seen that Michigan team, barring the COVID year. It feels like they've gotten better. Some guys that are going to be key this winter conditioning to make some uh, first impressions. Good story from Brady Altman's. Uh, of course, you know, where is Thomas Fedoni uh, with that tight end room? Uh, you have Emmett Johnson, uh, not a uh, that long ago get at running back Minnesota player of the year. What's Hickman's story? We, we talked tight end and then defensively. A kid that Nebraska beat Michigan State out for and some other Big Ten names is Roquan Buckley. So uh, those are guys are going to be very key to uh, that accelerated rebuild. Babbers, thanks for popping on, bud. We'll get you that burger from Rosie's, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> there he is. Mike Babcock, Bill Dolman on site. Elijah Herbal. Hale Varsity continues from Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Radio. We are here at Rosie's, 10th and P, Roadshow Wednesday. We're here ahead of Nebraska, Ohio State. And uh, we'll be back here uh, end of February for Nebraska, Michigan State. I will attempt to keep Junior and Mama from uh, accosting Tom Izzo. 
Uh, Bill Dorman just cracked the Guinness. It's all good. <laughs> Elijah Herbal back in studio. Mike Schuhart, Wilderness Ridge. Tis the weekend. Joins us. Uh, I don't to think talk, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weekend for Bill Dolman and Shuey. Um, uh, you haven't been out on the greens yet today, have you, bud? <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us. No, I need to put my ice skates on today, man. A little slippery out there. Yeah, are the I greens saw, are, they, are they playing fast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's a that's a no comment, Shuey. Uh, let's let's give some advice to, to Brett Maher uh, in in golf terms to uh, to help him out with um, well yips. Fit, yeah, we, 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 we help him fending off uh, Viscaino, who's been added from the practice squad for this weekend. That sounds like the yips to me. By the way, that's brutal. That is golf, man. That's what happens. The guy can make a 65-yarder, but he can't make a 20-yarder. So that's the yips. Well, Shui, the way I described it was in comparing to a golf game, that first extra point he pushed right, the second one he, he sliced it again and it goes right, and then by the third one he's trying to play the slice and he misses left because for the first time all game he finally hit one straight and now it doesn't slice. And that, It just felt like me on the golf course where you try to aim left, play the slice, and oh, this one goes straight, and now it's straight out of play. That, that's how it felt to me watching that game. Pretty much. That's what they call the overcompensator. So, overcompensating. I'm going to go with that uh, as to my problems <laughs> off, the, off the tee box. You're overcom- what, are you, what are you overcompensating for, Schmitty? Well, I was going to say uh, life in general, but anyway. <laughs> Lack of power. Lack of power. Uh, Shuey, we, uh, we've been discussing uh, Nebraska football and kind of accelerating that, that rebuild. And are you optimistic with that? You've been a very, um, well, you've been a realist with Nebraska football, with the, the, the ups and the downs, but do you think they're in position or are they going to need things to, to break just right for, all right, kind of a, an eyebrow-raising 7-5, and five, wow, this first year under rule? Uh, I think they're going to need a little of that anytime it's you're trying to implement your stuff. I mean, I just... I'm super optimistic because he has a plan. He knows what he wants to do. He's recruiting to it. Now, how long does it take for his players to basically are able to do it at a high level? At level, but they be able to do it. So it's like I'm super optimistic. And it's to it. Do it. So. Now it's just time to get all those boys, right number of guys. Um, I, I think you're going to see some some moments of, of really good stuff, and you're going to see not so good stuff. But uh, I'm I'm super excited. I, I think we, uh, we had some problem there with technically, uh, Shui, with with your phone. I think what you were saying there was in agreeing with me that how does Nebraska not go undefeated? I think that's what you said <laughs> uh, based much. on our, our previous ah. conversation because I'm, I'm wondering that right now is how does this team not win them all based on what we talked about earlier with Mike Backpock? <laughs> huh? I can give you a few reasons, a few answers to that injury heartbreak, inexperience, transition, uh, the new system. Man, I'm 
turning into a Debbie Downer here. Yeah, I was, I was being positive wow, there. But wow, wow. But I, I like Maybe the, it's the Guinness. It might be. I like the portal additions, Shuey. Nebraska's landed nine dudes. What's your take here real quick, bud? On, on Nebraska in the Dylan Riola sweepstakes, he, he had a pretty good interview today uh, with on three. I Man, I just, I don't know. They're showing that kid so much love and the opportunity. I mean, I just, uh, obviously he's getting pulled in a lot of directions, has a ton of opportunities. But, um, I mean, it just, as they keep selling him on what it is they're going to do, what it is he can do, how it is he can do what he is going to do to make this super successful. I just think in the end, I mean, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard for him not to want to come here. Shui, whenever you, you, you look at what's being done in recruiting, they, they're putting in work on the recruiting trail, and I think Husker fans are excited for some of these guys coming in, and you alluded to that in, in your first answer with, I mean, potentially Ryola here in a couple years, but also some of the guys they added this cycle with uh, Fields, Majacek, uh, the, the, all the in-state kids they were able to keep around, and yeah, there's talent coming in, but would you say it's it's fair that the hallmark of a good coach is someone who can make the most of the talent that they have and, and amend their system to fit the talent that they have and that, you know what, if Matt Rule is going to be successful here, he is going to find success in year one because that's what good coaches do, that they make the most of what they have? No question. I mean, that's what you do. You, you identify your people and you put them in the best position that not only is best for them, but how they help you know, the team and what's going on. So it's like, how can you keep moving pieces around until you find that right fit for that person that is good for them and good for, if it's good for them, it's going to be good for the team, you know? And again, that's why I'm so excited uh, about what's coming is because he, again, he has a plan and he's going to keep moving those pieces because he knows what his plan is. He's just going to keep plugging pieces into that plan because he knows it's going to work and he gets the right pieces in place and you're going to see some you're going to see some pretty good stuff happen. Matt Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, uh, before we say goodbye, be safe on, on your travel, my friend, and real quick, what's happening at Wilderness? Uh, just kind of in a little bit of a slowdown now, especially with the weather, but starting to ramp up all of our stuff, getting ready for the golf season, which will be fast upon us. So um, just kind of enjoying a little of this downtime and getting ready for the season to start. Did you turn the water on and, and play a little ice hockey this afternoon with the Aquatic Center? <laughs> yeah, I, I ventured out a few times and tried to test my balance skills. Not so good at times. <laughs> well, it's the terrain. Thanks for making time today and uh, braving it with us uh, on the air uh, with these conditions, but uh, we'll check in next week, Shuey. Thanks for the time, brother. You bet. Thank you very much. Everybody stay safe out there. There he is, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Good to spend time with him. couple of questions here on the stream. Uh, Evan Bland with us next hour. And uh, also Jeff Smith, Nebraska, Ohio State. If you're coming on down to uh, PBA, we want to see you here at Rosie's. 10th and P is where we're located. Get a beer, get a burger. Uh, maybe a shot warms you up. Or just do the water with lemon thing if you're uh, 
the uh, the dry January. <laughs> I applaud anybody that can make it through January. I'm painting a bad picture of myself. Uh, Mark asks the question, does Nebraska go after Garcia, Miami quarterback in the portal? Uh, Brian, a faithful listener, chimes in with a, a really good take. that <laughs> uh, says, look, man, from a fit standpoint, you got a pro-style guy, uh, and, and Sims is your dual threat. Casey's obviously your pro-style. Nebraska, Bill and Elijah, uh, they are – up against it scholarship wise now uh you'll have more after winning winter conditioning probably from a departure standpoint we'll go there and wind down this first hour here at rosie's 10th and p it's hail varsity roadshow wednesday with kizik hands free shoes motion sounds something like this Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Roadshow Wednesday here uh, with our friends at Rosie's, downtown Rosie's location in Lincoln, just south of Embassy Suites. 10th and P, you're invited down here ahead of Nebraska-Ohio State. Early tip for Nebraska and the Buckeyes do or die here for both teams. Season left, yes, but uh, both teams needing to get out of the skids with Nebraska dropping their last two in kind of blowout fashion. Ohio State not able to buy a win. We'll hear from Fred Hoiberg next hour. Also going to spend time with Evan Bland, more on Nebraska football, the Dylan Raiola interview uh, he had with On3 and uh, that acceleration with the rebuild. Really good story from Mitch Sherman. We've been focusing in on that. Guys, uh, with the quarterback dynamic, let's go there here. You have two guys that have experienced uh, some success uh, personally with their statistics, but also dealt with injuries uh, much of their career. Casey Thompson got inked up with the NIL deal. Good for him. He is back. He's got a mental rep it here this spring and, and then be ready. It's not $13 million, though, is it? No, it's, it's, okay. it's not. Just checking. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> 14. <laughs> can they no. cover it? <laughs> yeah, I think they can. I think they can. But Casey's uh, a proven commodity, really talented thrower. I think he's a very capable runner. I don't know how durable he is uh you, you flip it around to sims and he's dealt with some injuries uh, foot issues but man uh he is pretty athletic and electrifying and i think can, can be a, a really talented passer but he's more of a run first guy fellas you're going to need both of them uh to uh to make it through next year well, and well this is why i don't necessarily think that that Garcia from Miami is going to be. I think Nebraska is happy with what they have at quarterback. You have like two you different styles room, of quarterback. Man. You got you got a, a run first guy in Sims. You got a pass first guy in Casey Thompson. I think 
if you decide that this offense runs better and is more efficiently and it, it, it takes some pressure off the offensive line, if your quarterback's a run first threat, you have that guy in Sims. And if you decide, you know what, we have some good pass catching options, we need to get them the ball, and it's more important that we keep Casey protected in the pocket and he's able to deliver downfield, you have that guy. So I don't think you need to add any more quarterbacks this cycle. I think you have one option uh, each way depending on what you think is going to work better with your offense and why would you, you jack with that if you have the two options that you think are going to be able to lead your offense the best next season i, I don't want to turn this into a, a a joe burrow well is he better than what we've got because that's <laughs> been beat to hell and i don't want to go there but you, you look at it and and i think nebraska has two options no matter how they want to run the offense they have a guy that can run their offense in that way so why do you need to, to bring more competition into this room whenever you know what you could spend those scholarships in other positions where you really need them Look, what's most important about the quarterback room with one and two is the same thing that, uh, that I said a couple of years ago when, when Vedral transferred back to, uh, to Nebraska and Nebraska had some experienced backup, uh, had an experienced backup behind Adrian Martinez. It was not great quarterback play, but at least if Adrian got hurt, which we knew he was, you know, could certainly happen at any moment, at least you had somebody that you could put in there that had some seasoning, all right? You go back to last year when Casey got hurt, Chubba Purdy, for as excited as people were about him and the perceived quarterback controversy, we saw last year that there really was a great divide between first and second team. And Purdy had sat out, what, almost a year and a half or so? Nebraska with the two of them that they have now, they've got some experience in the room, and that's key. Hour two from Rosie's downtown next on Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. You're at Rosie's, downtown Lincoln, 10th and P. You're invited out. Uh, if you're making your way home, if you're making your way uh, away from work, you're escaping. Good for you. And uh, you want a place to watch Nebraska and Ohio State. If you're not headed there to PBA, get down to Rosie's. Bill Dolman is absolutely scouring the menu for... <laughs> He's going to pull a Charles Barkley. I want one of everything, and, and he'll 
do that. Elijah Herbal. Well, you're paying. <laughs> the rent has started already with Guinness. Uh, you have Elijah Herbal back at our studios uh, up at Cornhusker. And uh, that is, uh, he's nice and warm. We're, we're comfy here uh, on center stage. Uh, you're invited down here to Rosie's and uh, make Rosie's your pre- and post-game stop for uh, all things Nebraska. Cody Jenks, you have a chance to put your name in and enter in tickets to uh, go see Cody Jenks. Uh, that is going to be up at uh, Omaha February 21st. Uh, so do that, and uh, we welcome in Evan Bland, uh, Mr. Football with the Omaha World Herald, does Husker baseball as well. Evan, uh, you're making it through a uh, icy, slick, adventurous Wednesday. That's right. It's the attack of the wintry mix. So I, I suppose it depends on where you are. But, yeah, it's, it's either uh, really cold rain or really, I don't know, loose slush. Um, so, yeah, hopefully everybody's driving safe out there. It reminds me of the night in, I think it was late October, Dolman and Evan, you may remember this as well. Elijah, you weren't around yet. But uh, 97, where Nebraska is rolling Kansas on the road, and all of the trees were, were frozen, and everyone looks a little droopy, everyone being all the, 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 the trees and plant life on the way down here because of the, the freezing rain. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, that was a, an adventure uh, the, the next day. But you know what? It's not as bad. Folks are zooming by here on 10th Street cautiously of course but it's uh it's it's doable evan do you remember that ku game i'm referencing i remember the game i you know i, I was uh boy elementary young so <laughs> I, I, so you know it's uh i remember missing like a week of school most of it more yes. than anything because the power lines <clears throat> went down like you said and the snow didn't last all that long it lasted like a day or two but that's the only time i can remember ever missing multiple days of school when there was like no snow on the ground and as a kid man that was the best that was that was good stuff meanwhile i was still uh, I, I believe i was six months from being conceived in a that's bad math nine months from being conceived <laughs> nine months or 18 months from being born so a little bit before my time but i've heard a lot of stories about that that, that storm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> evan's like yeah i was in grade school uh, Elijah's like, wasn't around. Almost like, I was in Lawrence. Well, I was hosting the Osborne show back when we went 60-3 and three and won three national titles. But, you know, uh, that's uh, what I remember about that era. And I'm guessing that was one of the uh, many KU games in which Craig Johnson, the great running back out of Omaha West Side, he always had great games. He was like a fourth-team back, mm-hmm. right? And he always ran for like 150, 200 yards against Kansas. That was his one game every year because Nebraska was up by 40 after the first quarter. So you put the third string in there, and Craig Johnson would run wild. Bring Babron. He'd know what I'm talking about. Good old Craig Johnson uh, for three uh, behind left guard, <laughs> behind Aaron Taylor. Uh, let's dive into the, the tour today, Evan, and Nebraska coaches out on the road. Let's start there. Uh, specifically, again, uh, another crack at Dylan Raiola, at least some FaceTime, this time with uh, Coach Satterfield. 
Right. They're hitting him hard. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Matt Rule was down there last week. We saw, we all saw the Twitter picture of the, the boom box and the football. So he was able to lay eyes on him then. And uh, like you said, Satterfield's down there today. A lot of the staff uh, is out in Texas. So everyone's fanned out. But there's no doubt. I mean, uh, Dylan Rayola remains sort of the, the crown jewel of the 2024 class. He's a top priority for Nebraska for all the reasons everybody already knows. Um, you know, I think what's worth noting about his recruitment that's different from a lot of the 2024 uh, prospects would be that typically quarterbacks do tend to want to complete their process sooner than others. So you would expect, um, you know, if he follows the sort of trends that you see from a lot of higher-level quarterbacks, he's going to want to wrap up his recruitment at some point during the spring, March, April, May, so he can uh, be able to lock in on that school into the fall, be sort of a peer recruiter, uh, complete his senior year. So there is a little bit more of a sense of urgency, even though there's still the traditional planning period to come up for this 2023 group and, and Nebraska continues to build that out. There is still that urgency uh, to, to get as much face time with Dylan Rayola as possible because you got to imagine there's going to be a decision here in the next few months. I was going to ask Evan real quick, do you have a, a gauge on – on Riola's timeline, and you're right on it. I mean, you're getting that out of the way, and, and then you're going to play your senior season. He's already committed once. Things went uh, the wrong way for Ohio State, but it's been SC. It's been um, Georgia. It's been uh, Oregon. I mean, it's been some of the, the who's who uh, that, that have done well with, with quarterbacks. Uh, and then, of course, you have Nebraska. You have Colorado visiting. Oklahoma's been there. So do you think Raiola follows suit, or does he continue to stay patient? Because that was kind of the theme of his interview today. Right. Well, I mean, he can do whatever he wants, right? He can go to any school uh, that's out there, and they'd be happy to take him. Obviously, his name has been linked with Georgia quite a bit. He was at the national championship game. And, you know, there's there's so many obvious reasons why a top guy would go to that school to win and, and to have that exposure um, Oklahoma, obviously with a different coaching staff now, they've turned out some Heisman uh, you know, finalists and winners in recent years. USC, uh, kind of the same reason with Lincoln Riley. Uh, Alabama, obviously, is another strong choice. But I think that the tough part for Nebraska is it won't get to short sort of prove what it can do on the field before he commits in all likelihood. It's, it's going to have to be a pitch based on faith, a pitch based on, uh, you know, being the start of, of a turnaround, being the start of something special, as opposed to being sort of the latest cog in a machine as it rolls along and, and you know, makes college football playoffs every year. So it's possible, certainly. I mean, he's, he's, he has a clear uh, affinity for the school. Everyone knows about his dad and, and how he grew up around here, uh, him being Dylan. Um, so, you know, Nebraska's got a shot. Their coaching staff has proven to be pretty persuasive on the, on the recruiting trail. So it's going to be a tough pull for, for Matt Rule and company, but I think at this point, again, you can't rule them out, and uh, we're just going to have to see how this process plays out over the course of the next few months. Evan Bland is with us here. H-U-L-E, him out. Oh, that was good. That was a good that was one. That was good. Tip I like your way that. to try the veal. That's why we have uh, a <laughs> bill here. But, but Evan, what's your read on, on the NIL factor with Dylan Ryle? And I asked this kind of in the wake of Walter House. We had Dean Blevins on earlier this week, and he said this wasn't about the money. I'm not sure 
uh, all the Husker fans are, are buying that, and it, maybe we'll never know how much the NIL was a factor with Walter Rouse and, and how much money he may or may not be getting from Oklahoma. But what's your read with Dylan Ryle in terms of importance to him? He's, he's sat down for a couple interviews during the recruiting process, and um, that, that's been the, the talk of the, the college football world has been NIL and guys getting money, especially when you look at what's going down down at Florida. It's going to be a case, you know, where Husker fans are going to have to pass the hat around and throw 20 bucks in, and, and that's going <laughs> to increase Dylan's odds of coming here. Because I, I talked to my roommates about this and some friends, and they said they were all willing to put down 20 bucks for Dylan. <laughs> so uh, it, it could work. But my, my question is, 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 do you get the read from Dylan Rylo that's going to be important in his recruitment, how much money a school is going to be offering him? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess we can we can have a church service and just sort of pass the hat around and, and, and figure it out from there. But, you know, it's, it's hard to say because it's, it's just another factor that a, a prospect will have, right? I mean, sometimes location's important for kids. Sometimes it's about the coaches. Sometimes it's about development. I mean, there are so many factors, and, and NIL certainly is one of those. Uh, it, it's a tricky thing in a way because these are all private transactions and – we kind of have to go on on context clues and, and reading tea leaves a little bit. I mean, we know that uh, what Casey Thompson said last spring, which was if you are a starter at Nebraska, you can make six figures. I think that's that's probably the baseline for for a guy like Dylan Rayola. And then um, you know you, you hear about some of the high-end recruits in the 2023 class. I think it was uh, the Athletic had a piece uh, talking anonymously to some guys uh, about sort of the NIL offerings that they had. And it was, in some cases, um, sort of handshake agreements for, you know, a million dollars, maybe a little bit more than that. And so when you're talking about playing the most important position in football, uh, being the number one overall recruit in that class, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to command the market. I would think it's got to certainly be in the seven figures at some point. And so we've seen Nebraska boosters step up before. We've seen NIL collectives and other top programs uh, step to the plate as well. So I, I suppose at some point it becomes how much do you uh, put out or, or, or offer up front and how much of it becomes um, sort of an incentive where if you settle in and become what everyone thinks you'll become, then the deal's really rolling from there. So I, I would certainly think it's safe to say that it's a factor, uh, NIL. How big of a factor? Uh, I think it's tough to say because, again, uh, it's the sort of thing that guys don't like to uh, expound on too much. It's the kind of stuff that doesn't get reported all all that often. Um, but but make no mistake, that'll I think be another sort of um, gauge as to how um, you know Nebraska's own NIL collectives are doing based on how competitive they are for a, a top flight recruit like Dylan Raiola. Is it possible that uh, Dylan Rayola is going to make more money playing at the University of Nebraska than his dad did playing 10 or 13 years in the NFL with the Detroit Lions? I guess it's entirely possible. Nebraska might put uh, Dominic on like it's university letterhead to try and get this kid to, uh, to show up. But, you know, Nebraska's had two transformative quarterbacks. If you go back, you know, to the Devaney Osborne era and really the Osborne era, I've said it before, it will it will be forever true. Turner Gill is the most important recruit in the history of Nebraska football. Nebraska was winning games but could not get over the Oklahoma hump until Gill arrived. And then you had the malaise, nine wins a season, we get the malaise of the early 90s and you bring in Tommy Frazier. Nebraska is moving in a, in a positive direction with Matt Rule. A Dylan Royola has to sense that a little bit. But I also go back to dad. 
You know, the comments, you really didn't hear much from Dominic during the Scott Frost era about the recruitment. There didn't seem to be a lot of satisfaction. There are rumors out there that aren't very good, but they just didn't get a connection, since that there was a connection between the two. But Dominic has come out in the last couple of days in these uh, recent visits talking about how impressed he has been with Matt Rule and the relationship that they have built. That has to have somewhat of an impact on Dylan. When he hears dad say, I like these guys, you know, son's not going to want to disappoint father if dad's got a really, really positive impression about what could be done at Nebraska. And that's why all this talk about Georgia is national. But I think that when he says family is family and Nebraska's family, I think that weighs in pretty heavily on what that kid's going to do. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I mean, you just look no further than what Matt Rule just accomplished with the the 2023 class. I mean, building relationships with players in some cases over the course of just a few weeks uh, to to make them feel comfortable to to sign and and have a future at Nebraska. I mean, I think the the Malachi Coleman example was another really good one where he had options and could have gone a lot of different places. Uh, He had a strong relationship with the previous staff and uh, was able to, you know, stick with Nebraska based on, on his feel for Matt Rule. And so, yeah, I think that's the case with a guy like Dylan and certainly Dominic has, has reflected that. And, you know, Dominic was, was part of uh, Nebraska landing Ben Scott out of the transfer portal, the center uh, coming over from Arizona state. So he's already sort of had a little bit of a, of a hand in, or maybe a little assist in helping build Nebraska's roster to this point, um, and, and so we'll see. I mean, if, if nothing else, I think we've learned about Matt Rule. He's he's convincing. I mean, he's he's uh, you know you get you get him in a living room, and he's going to lay out a case, and he's going to be uh, pretty persuasive about what that's like, and he's going to be pretty tenacious too, right? I mean, he got out to Chandler, Arizona, uh, as quickly as he could. Nebraska's got, uh, as we said, Marcus Satterfield out there again today. Um, it, it's pretty clear he's that, that Dylan Rail is a priority to this staff. Um, but it's it, it's more than just you know how many times do you call a guy or text a guy. It's it's yeah. Do you have a, a personal relationship? And they've got Donovan, of course, in, in the O line room who can attest to that. Um, and and I, I think in a lot of cases these players talk to each other and their peers. And, and Dylan Rail can call. Um, you know, a bunch of Carolina Panthers. They can call a bunch of uh, former Baylor Bears and about what it's like to play under Matt Rule. And I think, you know, if to a man who I've spoken with, everybody has raved about the culture that he sets and, and just sort of his approach to uh, not just football but to life. And um, so, you know, we'll see how much that resonates with Dylan. Again, he's got dozens and dozens of other top suitors probably pitching similar messages. So any kind of um, little edge or advantage you can get could make a big difference. Evan Bland with us, Sale Varsity Radio here at Rosie's downtown Lincoln, 10th and P. Evan, will run you down again. Be safe, travel safe, and uh, thanks for jumping on with us today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good stuff from, uh, from Evan. Been pretty fascinated here by the Riola discussion. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith going to be with us, but you just wonder uh, to, to what – Evan pointed out and we've touched on as well do you continue the tradition in winning at a Bama at a Georgia or are you the guy that that flips a program uh, and uh, you know that's it's going to appeal uh, more from Rosie's here on Hale Varsity 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. In front of Nebraska, Ohio State tip-off, about 30 minutes away, and uh, Nebraska trying to, to get back in that win column. Uh, Elijah Herbal back at our studio. Bill Dolman joining me here on the stage at Rosie's. And uh, we welcome in Hall of Fame coach uh, with uh, Nebraska and Lincoln Southeast. Talk some hoops. Jeff Smith with us. Coach, you make it down to PBA all right? How you doing? Great. I just parked. I, I always park over in this festival lot and walk over the bridge. So just parked. It, it, it wasn't terrible drive if you take your time. Saw one in the ditch out and on the bypass, um, but it wasn't bad. But, yeah, I almost uh, turned and came to Rosie's while I heard the Guinness comments with Bill Dolman, <laughs> but I decided I better go to the game. Well, we, we've got a Guinness for you here. you got a, a lot of options here at Rosie's. Uh, what are some of Nebraska's options uh, when it comes to replacing uh, Jawan Gary? Uh, I don't know that you can replace him, but – uh, tell me about what needs to happen tonight here for Nebraska basketball to, to get off the schneid. Yeah, uh, I, I think Denham Dawson's probably your best chance to replace what Gary does as far as, mm-hmm. you know, defensive presence, some maybe some offensive rebounding. I don't know if they can replace that the way, the way Gary rebounds. Um, I think it's tough to replace his physicalness and strength, too, and – Unfortunately, Ohio State's kind of a tough physical team to deal with. So, you know, when you when you lose one of your top three, which I would consider him, um, it's 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 not easy to replace. And I think Wilhelm and you know has to pick up some slack. I think Denham has to pick up some slack, and you know Jamarcus Lawrence has to do a little more if he if he gets time. And um, that's just the way it is. And and you know I think with Nebraska, uh, you know if you can. If you can continue to defend a little bit to stay in the game, and they've done a pretty good job defensively, if you can try to hang with them on the boards, and they are definitely emphasizing boxing out, if you don't turn it over excessively, then it comes down to me to making shots. A lot of times college basketball is down to, to making shots. And, you know, you, you look at the stats and teams go two for 22 or three for 17. Rarely, rarely do they, you know, are they in the win column. And I think, you know, with, CJ and Kase and their uh, their somewhat liability on defense. If they aren't shooting it well, it, it you know it makes the margin even smaller for Nebraska to win. So, you know if Emmanuel can make a few, if Sam can find find his you know shot a little bit, and Wilhelm can help can make some, and maybe Jamarcus Lawrence, that would be helpful. But I, you CJ and Kase, if they're going to be on the floor, they got to make shots. Totally agree, and you've had decent performances, at least against Purdue, by Tominaga, and you're waiting for kind of a breakout from from Wiltshire. Uh, Coach Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska and Ohio State. Coach, we'll get back to some hoops in a moment. Uh, We've kind of had an ongoing Dylan Riola discussion 
you've yeah. um, you've done the the recruiting thing uh, in your career and were part of a staff that kept everybody uh, within uh, the metro and, and outlying areas in Lincoln to, to go to the NCAA tournament many consecutive years. That, that golden era, you were part of that. You also have um, uh, recruited uh, outside the state. But as we talk football and Riola, uh, give me a thought here on, on Riola and his personality to me, and I don't know the kid, I know dad, I know of dad. I had class with dad a hundred years ago, um, and, and probably had a beer. Probably had a beer with dad a few hundred years ago too. And that 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 macho ability of yeah, I'm going to come in and, and be the reason this thing flips, or part of the reason this thing flips. Versus, I don't want to say taking the easy way. It isn't easy to go start at Alabama or Georgia, but that might appeal to him from a personality standpoint. Oh, I think it definitely could. I think guys like that are, you know, pretty full of confidence and, and swagger. And, and uh, I think I think with his, you know, and part of the recruiting that we had back in a long time ago, but there was connections, you know. The Pikowski was connected to Nebraska. A lot of the kids were Nebraska. You, you use your connections, you can, and I know that's what Coach Rule and those guys have to be doing. On the lighter side, and we'll get back to a serious part of it, I think I'm ready. I got my credit card ready for Elijah's NIL GoFundMe page for John Viola. I'm ready. And then uh, I think you and I should rent a mobile home, grab our golf clubs, camp outside the Viola house until he makes a commitment. And then you, you can do your shows from there. We can play golf, you know, between shows. I'm, I'm ready to go. I got approval for my wife on that. So there's the recruiting plan for us anyway. But, I love it. We, we don't series, even... We don't even need an RV. We'll just stay at my mom's. Who's also camping out at the Royola house. Yeah, I sent grandma and mom down there. (laughs) It might be more effective to have the mobile home parked right in front, though, you know, just just a presence. (laughs) On the serious note, but I love your idea, Coach. (laughs) No, but I I, I think Nebraska is doing the right thing. Um, You know, obviously having an uncle on staff helps. You've, you've You've got to use your connections. You've got to hit him hard. I mean, this is a this could be a program changer, and you you've got to leave no stone unturned. And um, I heard on ESPN radio yesterday something about four million that Stroud turned down or whatever. I don't know what kind of money they're talking, but you got it. You got to throw the kitchen sink at the kid, and and you know, and, and sell him on your system, um, you know, and, and and take 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 the big swing. Well, Bill made up a uh, brought up a point last segment of, of could Dylan make more than Dominic Rylan? I, I looked up the numbers. Dominic Rylan's career earnings somewhere over twenty million dollars, just over his final contract was uh, four years, twenty million. But I don't believe he completed that contract. I believe he retired before the conclusion of that contract. So that that is something to to monitor here. If if he's making four million dollars a year times four years in Nebraska, he's still just short of Dad's career NFL earnings. Hey, remember, remember the conversation we had uh, last summer when Ryan Day spoke to the Columbus Touchdown Club and, 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 and you know, seemed to be piously saying, we, you know, this era, it cost $2 million to have a quality quarterback come to Ohio State. When he was also saying, hey, if you're a quality quarterback, $2 million is what you're going to get if you come to Ohio State. So we kind of know what teams are going to start throwing down in terms of a marker for a high-quality uh, quarterback. And I'm, I'm thinking also, you know, Elijah, you mentioned 
Joe Burrow and the whole conversation a few years ago about what Scott Frost said. Look, we all know that if Joe Burrow had come to Nebraska at that time, he would not have had the kind of college career because he didn't have the personnel around him. If Dylan Raiola makes the decision to come to Nebraska, first of all, it's going to be two years before he really has an impact on the program. Might get a play as a freshman, but it's going to be two years. But the personnel at Nebraska is far better now than it was five or six years ago when Joe Burrow was leaving Ohio State. So, again, if Royola decides he wants to play for dear old Nebraska U and put, the, put another Royola name on the side of Memorial Stadium, the opportunities for him to have some success early on are certainly there. He's not going to come into a uh, uh, you know, cupboard that's bare, as I throw a cliche on the table. Well, Coach and then that adage of, yeah. then that adage, adage of how, how many recruits does he attract? Um, if, we can yeah. get, if we could get him to commit early and we actually get that commitment, can he add some four or five-star receivers and you know, some old linemen that want to come block for him? And uh, that would be huge. Jeff Smith with us, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at Rosie's in front of Nebraska, Ohio State. Coach Smith is uh, headed to PBA, uh, big ball game for Nebraska. Coach, uh, as we wrap up, uh, I thought with uh, just kind of the landscape of college basketball, uh, AK State's win uh, over KU last night, that overtime uh, thriller, B, uh, uh, just uh, a take real quick on, on Creighton's win. Uh, as they kind of got off the schneid here. Things are heating up here, uh, just uh, eight weeks left till uh, Selection Sunday. Yeah, I guess I kind of expected Creighton's win. Butler struggled a little bit, and even though it was on the road, I I felt like Creighton is kind of turning the corner a little bit, getting Kalkbrenner, you know, really healthy. And I think Kaluma's playing his role a little better, not trying to do too much. And, and then Shireman is, again, I think Shireman's learning what, that he needs to get those guards the ball back a little bit every once in a while. So I feel pretty good about Creighton's chances down the stretch and in their conference. I think they're fourth in their conference right now. Um, I still think they're a, a, a tournament team that could go fairly deep if they get the right matchups. Um, yeah, that KU-K-State game, as good as K-State was, I was very impressed of how Coach Self kept them in the game. I, I, I felt like he used those early timeouts. He, he, he noticed some mismatches. And, man, I tell you, that the Johnson kid for K-State is a fantastic player that, you know, I heard Nebraska could have had, uh, but the heart condition kind of slowed that down. But that was a fun game to watch, and that was a March-type game to me. What is ultimately, Coach, the – key for tonight with Nebraska if they can get a win. I think it's the fork in the road ball game here for both programs. Yeah, I, I think the key is is to keep them off the glass and play play the defense you've been playing. I, I think it goes back to what we said at the start of our segment here that they've got to knock down shots. Ohio State has, they play four freshmen, so it's not like they're, you know, Purdue and play a veteran or some of those veteran teams, Rutgers and the veteran teams, so you know, maybe the crowd, well, I don't know how big the crowd will be, but just the home court. And um, the only bad thing is they've lost four in a row, Ohio State has. So you, sometimes that changes your mentality as coaches, which affects the players' mentality and, and motivation. And so that scares me a little bit. But I think we, we just got to make open shots and, and continue to do what we're doing on the defensive end. Coach, despite despite the the slide from Ohio State, they're still a six-point favorite tonight. In your opinion, is that too much, too little, or just right? 
<laughs> no, I, I'd say it's just right. You look at their, you know, they were 10-3 and three on January 1st after beating Northwestern 2-0 and in the league. They're, they had wins over Rutgers, Cincinnati. Well, kind of won over Rutgers. They snuck that one in there illegally. Uh, Texas Tech. And then their losses were only to San Diego State, Duke, and North Carolina. And then, you know, they lose lose on the, uh, to Purdue at home by two and on the road at Maryland. And then Minnesota's their only really bad loss, I would say. So I would say that's about right. Coach will catch up tomorrow, uh, weather permitting, with some high school basketball, Southwest and Pius. And, hey, thanks for making time and taking time tonight to uh, talk some hoops, talk some uh, recruiting, and uh, enjoy yes, the ball game tonight at uh, PBA, Coach. And he's welcome to buy yeah. me again at any time. Yeah, I'll buy you guys. one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Smith with us. Coach, take care. Appreciate you. Take care. There he is, Jeff Smith with us as uh, we are here at Rosie's 10th and P downtown uh, getting ready for tip-off here Nebraska and Ohio State. A jock dock on the way with Nebraska Orthopedic Center and we'll wind down a road show Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow as we're at Rosie's downtown in front of Nebraska and Ohio State. Snow Angel time. We say hi to... Dr. Ben Woodhead, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Ben, how much NFL have you been consuming? Man, what a good playoff run there's been. I've been catching up on all of it during the playoffs. It's been as about as good a playoffs as it's been in recent years, I can tell you that. It has been magical. Uh, it has been tremendous. And, of course, Buffalo and Cincinnati, a lot of emotion attached to this one this weekend. Uh, the reality for Cincinnati, Dr. Ben, is they are down three starters on the offensive line, potentially one of those Jonah Williams uh, dislocating his kneecap against Baltimore. Second times, Williams suffered the same injury all the way back to week five. And lay out for me here just the, the nuts and bolts of dislocating a kneecap, and we know how important the left tackle spot is for Joe Burrow and every quarterback. So these are injuries that, you know, oftentimes after you dislocate the kneecap and they put it back into place, you can immobilize them for a short amount of time and let them get back into kind of activities. You know, the problem is obviously if you continue to play and then you dislocate again, there's a there's a set of ligaments on the inside of the knee that you tear. And so if you don't give those adequate time to he- to heal, you can get this recurrent instability or subluxations or dislocations where the kneecap pops out, and that's exactly what happened to him. Well, it's, it's an injury that, that Williams was sidelined uh, with, you know, again, from week five, he came back. He's also in the final year of his contract. There's a, a noticeable difference is Joe Burrow's a bit of a punching bag anyway when you look at sacks allowed by that Cincinnati offensive line and when it comes to repair and treatment quite honestly how do you just manage how how can you manage and how effective can you be if you've had it happen twice already and you're technically going to try and rub some dirt on it for this weekend 
Well, I think his main goal for this time is to basically get through the season, play through the playoffs, and get as far as you can without having it pop out again. This is likely going to have to be addressed, though, after the end of the year. Because if it's happened not once but a second time, um, generally some type of reconstruction procedure is necessary to fix that and tighten the inside of the knee so that doesn't happen again because he'll certainly have a tendency to do that over his career if it's not fixed. Jonah Williams is out. Dr. Ben Woodhead with his Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. And let's talk about the procedure, the work that you do, and then the, the rehab process to follow. Yeah, so when you actually reconstruct these, you reconstruct some of the ligaments. You can do it whether you do it with stitches or the own tissue, or sometimes you can actually use a graft for it to basically tighten the inside of that knee. Um, you know, the problem is, though, after you actually fix it, then you got to allow it to heal. So you allow it to heal for, you know, six to eight weeks. Don't let it move too much. Um, and then the rehab process truly begins where you get back your strength, you get back your motion. Um, so it's a very, you know, timely recovery if you actually have a reconstructive procedure to where he's back to actually full throttle in football. Dr. Ben, why and how does it happen? Uh, you look at the, the offensive tackles in the NFL, six Five to six, eight, three bills, but they are dancing bears. They can move. Is it just the the wear and tear, the stress on uh, what's required on the offensive line? Yeah, offensive line certainly has its own set of problems with the knee. That's why a lot of those guys wear those knee braces. The kneecap's an interesting structure, though, because it has a tendency to um, dislocate out just with the forces of how we move. And so if you cut or pivot wrong or take a shot towards the inside of the knee, that can cause a tendency for the kneecap to dislocate. Um, And, you know, usually you have ligaments on the inside of the knee that hold that into place really well. But like he had done the first time, once you actually disrupt those and you get back in, and you don't allow a full recovery, the scarring, um, you know, he's just had an increased propensity for that to happen again. Dr. Ben Woodhead joins us here, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, and Jonah Williams, our topic today, left tackle for Cincinnati, out with that dislocated kneecap. And Dr. Ben, with uh, the procedure and uh, the tightening you talked about, from a rehab standpoint, is this more of a foolproof intervention? When we talk about all the, 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 the fixes that go on, once you fix a kneecap, is this more of a, a stable part of the body that stays fixed? It absolutely should, as long as he follows the protocol, allows it to heal. I mean, this should get him back to 100% over time. He should be able to, um, you know, function at his previous level. You know, you hear about all these kind of devastating knee injuries, and they all certainly have their place that they can cause problems later on. But as long as this becomes stable and he gets his strength back, you know, he should be back. He should be back at it, hopefully, next year. Is this one of the more tougher injuries to recover from, or is it down the the? And they're all difficult, but is it down the the line comparatively to like an Achilles or a, uh, an ACL, MCL? You tell me what where where it ranks in your opinion. You know, I think all these knee injuries are hard just because, you know, from a knee standpoint, that's where these guys get a lot of their power. They're sprinting, they're cutting. You know, it's such a vital. Um, vital um, joint for them to basically function at their appropriate level. And then the the mental aspect of it, whether it's an Achilles, whether it's a knee, whether it's a shoulder, that hurdle for these athletes to get past. So there's so many facets, I think, um, to the recovery process in general for these. 
Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday. Jonah Williams, our discussion point, Cincinnati Bengals offensive tackle. And uh, Dr. Ben, with uh, like lingering pain or discomfort or injury, is that common? Can you have tenderness, swelling? Can you have arthritis, uh, scar tissue? What What is after the recovery, after, let's say, Jonah Williams gets this fixed and he's as good as new and gets paid and is able to play more years in the NFL, great. But what's he dealing with long-term? You know, anytime you have an injury like this, especially to the knee or one of the other bigger joints, you certainly can have downstream effects. And arthritis is certainly one of them. Anytime the kneecap pops in or out, you can take off cartilage. Um, You can have injury that sometimes is not always seen on the MRI that you can see at a later time. And so it certainly can place him for a susceptibility for arthritis down the line, stiffness, maybe not full strength. And so these are big injuries and these can be devastating. Hopefully this is one that he can bounce back from, though, and won't be a career ender. Lastly, Dr. Ben, do you see more kneecap dislocations in football or is there a sport that uh, leads in this category? Uh, not necessarily a sport that leads in the category. A lot of it just depends on the athlete, depends on kind of their factors with how their knees are, their hips are. Um, so those are a lot of the factors that actually play a bigger role. So any type of cutting, pivoting sports can certainly do it. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday, Joda Williams, left tackle for Cincinnati, a second kneecap dislocation is on the shelf, and Dr. Ben broke it down for us with what uh, Williams is dealing with. Dr. Ben, you have a great week. Enjoy the NFL playoffs, and thanks for a few minutes with us. You as well, Chris. Thanks, man. Big thanks to Dr. Ben Woodhead uh, for joining us on this Jock Doc segment here today. And uh, we're going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio after the break as we get you geared up for tip-off between Nebraska and Ohio State coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll wrap up the show after this. For the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, and it's been awesome to be here at Rosie's 10th and P downtown Lincoln in front of Nebraska, Ohio's. In about seven minutes on BTN, we'll be back out here in February for Nebraska, Michigan State, the Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman, kind enough to ride shotgun. Have a Guinness, Elijah Herbal, flexing in studio. Uh, bless his heart for making it in. Uh, weather is still a little, a little bit hazardous if you're traveling, so please, um, that's uh, a reality. But at least the snowfall projections were, were way off. Uh, a reminder to get uh, buckled up with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. The driver has one job. That's to drive and be sure to buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. All right. Uh, basketball. Kisei Tomanaga getting the nod, getting the start in front of Wiltshire. That news coming down. Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity tweeting that out. Guys, we, we kind of talked about that last Friday leading in. How long do you keep riding with Wiltshire? Maybe Wiltshire comes in and sparks off the bench. He had a, a good outing against Indiana, but that's been weeks ago, at least offensively. I think Tomonaga gets the start and gets the green light. 
and he'll be launching them. I think he goes nine for 17 tonight from That's behind right. the arc. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Career high, 27 points. Just one Guinness right now for Bill Dolan. <laughs> well, well, when we had the previous segment and, and Elijah was checking on the minus six in Ohio State, I saw him go to the phone real quick. So uh, <laughs> This is not true. <laughs> Denied the allegations. <laughs> Elijah pretty much got his bet put in with his guy named Sal that used to tend bar but now runs an app. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. I think Tonaga has a big night. Why, why not? He has to. Let him, yeah, I mean, he's in, there to, he's in there to do one thing. I mean, that's a tell. You put him in the starting lineup, his job is to get in there and you shoot. Well, and I think to open up Kisei, it's also going to be a guy like Derek Walker who has to have a big night. O- Ohio State is not running out with a, a lineup comparable with other Big Ten teams where you got the, the seven-foot-one guy in the middle and you uh, combine him with a lot of physicality and, and size around the wing. I mean, Derek Walker is taller than anyone in Ohio State starting five, which that's when was the last time that happened for Nebraska basketball that Derek Walker Never. was the tallest guy on the floor. So you have a good chance with Derek Walker to try to make some noise inside. And if the defense collapses down, it really opens up a guy like Kise. So uh, I think along with Kise having a big night, it has to be Derek Walker who frees up a guy like Kise. And we'll see how his passing looks tonight, Derek Walker, and uh, how effectively he's able to get to the rim against uh, a smaller Ohio State front five or starting five, excuse me. Got to happen tonight for the Big Red as uh, they have been struggling, to, to put it nicely. And do we have time for a, a Fred comment or not, no, Elijah? We have, we have run no, out of you're, time. You're like, you're like, shut up and let me out of here. Tomorrow on the show, we'll run down Brandon Vogel, Daddy Burke from VEASAN Sports Network. Uh, guys are playing bags here. Jacob and company got signed up for... Uh, the uh, country show tickets here. Uh, let me see who that is again. That's just Cody Jenks. Cody Jenks. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cody Jenks. Thank you. You yeah. can tell Smitty's a big country fan. <laughs> no, I, I do like country. Uh, I like Hank. I like Zach Brown. I like Eric Church. And then I'm out of <laughs> You're out of our takes. <laughs> I'm out of takes. That's some country pop there. Get the uh, get the uh, show podcast at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Take care. Talk tomorrow at four. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.